What's that? Polka? No. The metal. We are very open on this podcast, I think. We don't want to yuck anybody's yum, right? Oh, we're just we're just diving right into it. I was gonna. <laughs> All right, here we go. But I guess first we should dive into what this <laughs> is. This is, of course, the onslaught. This is the only heavy metal podcast in the nation, in the world, uh, probably. Probably the universe. I'm Brian. And I'm Vargas. And uh, we come at you every week, except last week, to tell you which bands you should vote for for the best band of all time. And we also remind you that your favorite band sucks. Yes, because you should vote and they suck and they suck. <laughs> then they're bad. Uh, this week, this is our first episode into round two round two, baby so round one 64 bands competed went head to head. Uh, now we're down to 32 and we got the first two matchups and that uh, is trivium versus the fictional death metal band death clock so that's gonna be fun fictional band real music fictional band real music <laughs> real man behind the fictional band yeah uh you may have been wondering at the top of the show what's he talking about yucking and yumming and well if you're not familiar with that phrase it just means we don't want to pee in anybody's oats yeah we don't we don't want to piss in anybody's syrup <laughs> if you haven't heard by now uh, you should do a quick Google search of the band Brass Against. First of all, A, I'm going to say this. I like Brass Against a lot. Yeah, good band. They are a uh, cover band that does, uh, of their name, they do brass instruments. They have a guitar and they uh -huh. have drums and everything, but they're, the main crux of it is brass instruments. And then they get a lot of guest vocalists to do covers of songs. They've covered uh, things by Tool. They've covered Rage Against the Machine. Um, a few other, they've covered Pantera. Yeah. Like uh, if like if Goldfinger did a bunch of <laughs> covers. I see. I see. Uh, it's really good. I like it a lot. Um, they've been they were playing a show recently in Florida. Yep. Uh, and the the current the the touring vocalist Sophia Eurista, which how do I put this? Great name for what happened. I, <laughs> Sophia Uranista. <laughs> I'm going to say this with her. I would also probably volunteer for what happened, but <laughs> she okay. I don't yuck my yum, bro. I'm, I'm not. They uh, so she was on stage. They were playing. They were in the middle or right before a song, and she was complaining about how she had to use the restroom, how she had to pee. Uh, and then, as these things often do, kind of got out of control, and and somebody volunteered to lay down and have her piss on them. And boy. Did she? She definitely did have to pee. It was not just like a little tinkle. And it was <laughs> it was a lot. And it was right in the middle of a song. They kept playing. They, yep. She kept singing. Yep. And I mean. She unloaded on this guy. He asked for it. He volunteered. I, yeah. And this is what I'm saying. People started. Uh, I mean, this didn't break the internet because I don't think a lot of people know about Brass Against. But I think it yeah. will. By the time you hear this, I think you will have seen it even if you were not trying to find it. Um, I, I just. I don't know, man. Metal shows get weird. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So on the scale of, I, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, Don, Donnie, Donnie and Marie to Gigi Allen. Mm -hmm. This is on the Gigi Allen side, but it's not but full Gigi Allen. Uh, right. She did. Everything was consensual. She didn't shit on him. No, she didn't like punch him in the face and she didn't do it 
without him vol- a volunteering and b actively going up to allow her yeah, yeah yeah everything was consensual yeah i mean what's the issue what's the issue i don't probably I don't see the issue probably that it was in a it was at a like a big festival okay and it was live streamed yeah next i mean that's probably it you know that's probably the issue i don't what's the issue with that that when you go to a band concert, you probably aren't expecting to see a woman pee on a man's face. Everybody pees. Everybody pees. Everybody poops. I think if anything, they could people can use it as a lesson of consent. Uh, I well, I, I would say the consent involved. I didn't want to see the close woman. your eyes. Yeah, I think that's what <laughs> close your as soon as you see the the pants come down, you know. Yeah, close your eyes. Yeah, you'll know when it's done. The cheering will stop. <laughs> and so then you can open your eyes again. And then guess what? There's still the song still going. Yeah. I, ju- I just I don't I, I I know you wanted to see her pee on the guy. No, I know. No, I didn't want to see it. I wanted to be in. Oh, you and, wanted to be the guy getting. Peed I just on. don't under. I mean, I, I see both. Obviously, I see both sides of it, but I think people that are yeah, you're against on the pro it, pee side. Yeah. Well, let them do it. I know there's a health and safety issue a little bit but let them do it. Whatever, man. Let it, let people have fun. You know, just let people like stuff. <laughs> let people like stuff. Let people like being peed on. They should uh, don't. Don't you dare kink shame. Not on Why this was show. I? Not on this show. I was literally just actively encouraging people to try pee play. Do it. <laughs> I don't know why that term makes me laugh so much. Pee play. Yeah, because it seems so innocent. It seems like two kids like like splashing around <laughs> splashing <in> around. <laughs> they got a little rubber ducky in there and a sailboat. Gross. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, man, it, you know, it's fun. It's a fun little footage. And then they released a statement afterward and their their yeah. first statement <laughs> on Twitter was basically man, the crowd was nuts tonight. It was awesome. Our singer peed on somebody. We'll see you in Ohio. <laughs> like that was sort of the gist of it. And then there was sort of like uh, they, they did another one that was like it got out of hand. It's never going to happen again. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I mean, why, why rule it out? Why rule it out? You know? Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm certain the other band members were like, oh, oh, she's, did you see them happening. in the video? Uh, well, I only saw like the, the one trumpet guy yeah. was like, what the fuck is happening? Trying yeah. to keep playing. Yeah. yeah. He was like, oh, this, oh, she's doing it. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, but that's the performers. They always, uh, there's something in an artist's brain. I, I want, I want to talk to Brendan about this because he's been a front man in a band before. Oh, the the our other co-host of Debates on Tap Correct. every Monday. Correct. Um, you know, I've I've been in a couple of bands. I've played live to big crowds. I've never been so entranced with the performance that I was like, I'm gonna punch myself in the face till they bleed. You but know, but I know I know that being a front man is different because not only are you performing but you have to like, there's an act associated with, yeah. right? There's like a, you have to be a larger than life character kind sure. of when you're certainly yeah. yes, I would just say, I would like to say, I don't think you're an artist. Maybe that's oh, why you've never punched yeah, yourself. That's, in the face. that's probably it. That's probably it. I'm a performer, but I'm not a true artist. You don't have the artist heart. Yeah, you know, that's, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, I've only um, just sh- I shit my own pants every time I play, <laughs> yeah. but I don't announce that's for it. You. I, yeah, it's just for me. Yeah, my throne's really cold. I need to I need to toast it up toast before it I up. Get, get your get your legs all warm. Oh man, that's good stuff. That is good stuff. Uh, so let's move on. So like we said, um, 
last last episode. Uh, we know we know we didn't have a an episode last week. Hopefully, it didn't throw you off too much. Hopefully, well, I mean, we're back, so hopefully, you're not too irritated with us. You're not too distraught. But uh, as we said, this is going to be more of a uh, an informative episode. Hopefully, we we've done our research um, as best we could. Obviously, some of these bands are not, you know, like um, like true crime podcasts. They have the luxury, I'll call it, of multiple published books on serial killers, multiple documentaries, blah, blah, blah. Vargas we've I, got Wikipedia. We've got Wikipedia <laughs> and then those sources of Wikipedia. So, I mean, personally, I've, I, I started, you start at the Wikipedia page, you get your base info. Yeah. I watched uh, multiple interviews um, with the crew, with Brendan Small, who's for Death Clock. Um, spoiler, that, that's who I'll be presenting. Um, read many articles of interviews and, and, and things like that. So it's not some of these bands, especially when we get down into like the bands that like nine of us know. Oh, man. Yeah. It's going to be a not gonna, It's not going to be as deep as maybe we would hope. Like if we could interview that guy, that's a totally different story. And maybe we could try to just just throw just throw a fish, a fish yeah. line out and see what we catch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but uh, but hopefully it'll at least give you more than just if you went to the Wikipedia page and read all about it. Um, and also, even if it doesn't, we're saving you a trip to Wikipedia. Yeah. So you're welcome. Uh, so like we said, it is death clock and trivium would you like to would you like to go first you want me to go first friend yeah sure um okay so i'm I'm gonna start with some trivium history uh trivium is the lower division of the severn liberal arts and comprises grammar logic and rhetoric i hate it (laughs) that's good right yeah uh trivium the band (laughs) named themselves (laughs) do you like that it's like you went to google type trivium click the wikipedia page and then was like oh yeah yeah well (laughs) well i so i want whatever trivium the band was funny named themselves after this this idea yes because according to them they combine metalcore melodic death and thrash metal which to me very eighth grade way to name a band and well they were basically in eighth grade they were yeah that's why i say that yep um so they formed in 1999 orlando florida which if you know anything about Florida, it's a big death metal scene. Yep. They, they come from a long line of really good bands from that area. Um, when Matt Hafey in 1999, he was in eighth grade. Um, he played No Leaf Clover at his eighth grade talent show and was actually invited to try out mm. for Trivium, which consisted of Travis Smith and their singer. Yeah. So... He got the job. He got the job because they didn't have any other guitar players. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is a all eighth grade kids. It just makes me laugh. Yeah. Because try out. Yeah. You yeah. have to try out, right? Matt Hafey has to try out for the band that doesn't have a guitar player. Yeah. Anyway, um, you're better than nothing, but you're not quite. You're up to not. Stuff. Well, okay. You're in, <laughs> but we'll still let you. Yeah. Yeah. You could still be. Yeah. 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 Uh, so he was, yeah, accepted into the band. Accepted. <laughs> Uh, and the band again consisted of this uh, one singer guy. I didn't even write down his name because he he doesn't matter. Well, he quit before they recorded Ember to Inferno. Yeah, so I don't care. Um, but Travis Smith was the drummer, and he would become their kind of longtime drummer for about what a decade or something. Um, let's see. Uh, they had a string of successful like local shows. They went through a couple of different uh, you know rhythm guitar players, bassist, their singer quit, whatever. 
Um, they recorded their first demo during that time, uh, which got them the deal f- from uh, Life Force Records, which is a German record label. And that's where they recorded and released uh, Ember Dew Inferno. Interesting. Did, did you find anything on how that record label found? Because that's all. That's something that always surprised me is a you know German record label found Trivium from Florida through their demo. Their demo. So they just and that's that's back in the days whenever you could literally hand out tapes of your demo and stuff, right? This was like two thousand four, two thousand three. I mean, I don't know when Bandcamp but, or I mean, that's still internet's still like a little shaky. Yeah, especially for whatever nineteen year old. Yeah, I would guess somebody from Life Force Records went to their MySpace or Zanga pages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we're like, yeah. oh, this is pretty good. I bet. I bet. Yeah. yeah uh, you're probably totally right. Okay. So, yeah, they, they did get signed to a real record label and released Ember Dew Inferno. What I thought was interesting is they were still basically had non-permanent members. The only two permanent guys were Hafey and Travis Smith. Okay. They're, Hafey did all the guitars on that album, but they had like a interim bassist guy where they were like, uh, we're going to get you. You do the thing until we find the guy, right? And was this for Ember to Inferno that you and I would have bought? Yeah. Okay. That first album. That, yeah. I mean, they did that re-release version right. back in whatever it was, 2017. But or you and I already had Ember to Inferno, so it was just yeah. Hafey, uh, Matt, and then their their base their, their base guy. guy. Yeah. Um. So after they recorded Ember to Inferno, that's mm-hmm. when uh Corey Bolu. I'm, gu- I'm guessing that's how it's pronounced because yeah, he's from Jungle Book. Yeah, Baloo <laughs> the bear and Paulo uh, Gregoletto would join their couple ba- of Italian boys, their bassist and their rhythm guitar player and backup vocalist. Um, so that's that's when they really took off once they had like a permanent band. Yeah, because <laughs> you can do live stuff. Well, because you can. Yeah, start developing your sound because you have permanent, permanent members, members in your yeah. band. <laughs> Uh, so they recorded with that lineup uh, Ascendancy, The Crusade, and Shogun. Yep. Over five years. I forgot Travis was on Shogun. Mm-hmm. He quit like while they were touring supporting that Yeah, album. that's right. Um, so yeah, that's that's when stuff kind of gets rocky, but I'll talk about it in a second. Um, after... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did Ascendancy, Crusade, and Shogun. Um, after that, they would have a new drummer on all three of their next albums, Mm -hmm. which is insane to me. Yeah, they they had a rotate. I remember that they had a rotating drummer for a while. Yeah, Uh, in waves, vengeance falls and silence in the snow all had different drummers on them. Yeah, all of those dudes like came in, recorded an album, did some shows and peaced out. Yeah, and I didn't even write down any of their names. (laughs) Don't matter. I don't give a shit. Yeah, Um, but what I did think was interesting is each of those dudes was the drum tech for the previous guy. So really, they didn't do a big search. They were just like, you know the songs. Pretty much. Get up here. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But in 2017, the band found Alex Bent, who I don't think was one of their drum techs. I think they actually, there was a little anecdote that I found. They they contacted John Petrucci from Dream Theater, who contacted Mike Mangini, and was like, who should play drums for Trivium? So they asked John Petrucci, not not asking if he would play, but if he knew anyone. If he knew anybody. Interesting. Yeah. And I he, wonder how they know, you know, john.petrucci at gmail.com. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? I, I don't know. Uh, actually, since they were on Roadrunner, I think Dream they Theater probably, is still on Roadrunner. Yeah, they, they probably have contacts there. Um, 
in my because in my head it's Matt Hafey texting John. Hey, uh, do you like hey, know John. any drummers or anything? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's what's Mike doing? Can he come and sit in with us? Yeah. And Mike's like, I'm not going to do that. But no, but here's, here's my nephew's friend's number. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So they got this guy, Alex, um, who is pretty fucking great drummer in his own right. He's mm-hmm. toured with like decrepit birth wow. and whatever you tour with That's decrepit enough. birth. Yeah. You fucking know your shit. So he's in the band full time and he's released um, three albums with them, which is insanely promising in terms of the future of the band <laughs> because they have a permanent drummer seemingly yeah. now. Um, so he was on uh, sin in the sentence was their fir- his first album with them. Uh, what dead men say and in the court of the dragon, which, which just came out, came out. Yeah. Like less than a month ago. Yeah. Um, some trivium fun facts inside of all. This. So that's the history of the band. Yeah. Right. Where, where they've been, what they come from. Um, in 2019, their song, the betrayer from sin in the sentence was nominated for a Grammy. Did you know that? I think I remember that, uh, but I, I thought it was one of those things where, uh, in my head, it was just because the Grammys didn't have anything out. Like, it was one of those things where Trivium's big enough to be like, let's put their name on yeah. it, even though everyone knows they're not going to win it. Yeah. Um, that was the album that was produced by David Draymond. So I'm sure that helped <laughs> yeah, their sure. like notoriety. Do you remember who won that year? Yeah. High on Fire. Great. Doesn't that irritate you? I mean, it does. Uh, fun fact about that. That's, I think, oh, fuck. Now I'm going to mess this up, but I'm pretty sure that's Troy Sanders's brother's band isn't it high on fire really i'm pretty sure i'll do a quick google while you give some more fun facts okay um yeah so the, it was nominated for a, a grammy for best metal performance regardless of what you think of the grammys that's a pretty big achievement for you know a band that's just about 20 years old um Hafey, in case you didn't know is also a successful twitch streamer <laughs> um yeah his streams I didn't realize he does more than just gaming. He typically plays like overwatch and I think he plays some counter-strike call of duty, that kind of stuff. Um, but he also features trivium song performances, including acoustic performances, which are pretty cool. If you've never watched any of those and he does Brazilian jujitsu like class streams because he's a Brazilian jujitsu practitioner. That's what yeah, I knew he was in the martial arts, but like I didn't know he twitched. Yeah, he, he like streams it. classes. That's that's crazy. That's cool. Um, the the other thing that I thought w- was interesting kind of about this, like obviously Matt Hafey is a gamer, but I'm pretty sure the rest of the band are nerds too because they've had songs featured on the God of War 3 soundtrack. They debuted a song in a trailer for Mortal Kombat 11 and they just released a video for the phalanx, which is an official collaboration between them and Bethesda and features the elder scrolls online in the music video. And I think we've talked about that on the show before. Yeah, we did. Um, and I watched the video and it's not, I mean, it's, it's pretty typical music video fashion, you know, it intercuts between them, like playing the song and then the elder scrolls online stuff kind of has the story of the song. Um, but I didn't realize that it's pretty much advertised as like, Oh, trivium X Bethesda. Like <laughs> they're teaming up. Yeah. That's all I have. A partnership with a major gaming studio for a band that who's been that extreme. Their career is pretty, yeah. pretty neat. I thought it was pretty cool. Pretty neat. 
Uh, I couldn't find any supporting evidence uh, about for your claim. Yeah, for my claim about high on fire. However, Troy Sanders does have a brother who has been in hell yeah since 2014. Hell yeah. Hell no about <laughs> listening to that band though. Um, okay, that's good info, man. Thank you. I for thought that. so. Thank you for that. I had the uh, privilege of researching Death Clock. I think this is Trivium's history is pretty straightforward, except for the drummer stuff. But that's just like, oh, they got a new drummer, and then they Death Clock is a little more complicated. Well, here's the, here's the thing. I didn't actually do the research for Death Clock. I did yeah. the research for the creator, Brendan Small. Yeah. Um, because if you want to know the history of Death Clock, just go watch Metalocalypse. Right. Sure. Yeah. That's the fictional story of the fictional band. Yeah. So I'm just going to give you the the story of the creator. Um. Again, Brendan Small, um, who who went to Berkeley, <laughs> yeah. Berkeley Music School, and graduated in 1997. Um. Old ass, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Tell me about it. I forget how old that dude actually is. Yeah. Uh. So during his time at the university, he took comedy and television classes. Um. And he mentions in an interview he became quote-unquote disillusioned with music and started doing more stand-up stuff um i i think what well from what i gathered from like the interviews because he never explicitly says x is why i didn't i started not liking music as much but i think he got to know more and more people at berkeley and they were probably all just like up their own ass and like as some musicians who are very very talented can be yeah you know it's sort of that god complex of nobody can play the violin as well as i can yeah so I don't need to talk to you. Or as soon as you learn anything about the industry of music, you're yes. like, fuck that. That could also I'm be, <laughs> that could also be. So he, he, but, but it's funny though, that he wanted then to be in the TV industry, right? right. Yeah. Because he was taking T, like I said, he was taking uh, TV classes and comedy classes um, and he started doing stand up. So it was actually during one of these stand up shows that he met the co-creator of home movies, which is the show that he um, and Lauren, uh, Bouchard um, also created um, and Lauren Bouchard was the creator of Dr. Katz professional therapist mm-hmm. if you remember that show yeah um, that's the show where everybody was having a seizure constantly right uh, the, wa- I, the wavy lines like oh yes <laughs> yeah 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 um, so home movies the 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 show created by those two by Brendan Small and Lauren Bouchard uh, it was a cult animated series um, that Brendan not only voiced the protagonist for who is the protagonist if if you're a fan of the show you will know is was named Brendan Small um, but he also composed for it and I'm pretty sure he did at least storyboards I don't know if he did the actual animation but oh, interesting. I mean he voiced it he wrote it you know um, and that was on from 99 to 2004. So it was a five year. It started out on UPN. Oh, it got wow. canceled on UPN. Yeah. For those of you our age, you remember UPN. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's when Adult Swim. So this is kind of like right when Adult Swim was like trying to get off the ground. Yeah. And so it was trying to make that switch from com- uh, uh, Cartoon Network where daytime's for kids. And so it tried to have those like nighttime like that cartoons that like adults can enjoy. Yeah. Um, so and uh, anime. <laughs> they had shitloads of anime. They did. They did for sure. Um, so this is like one of their original. Um, we you know we own this. We're giving this. It's not just like a replay of anime yeah. or anything like that. Um, so home I didn't realize home that. movies came from a different network. That's really. Yeah, I mean, it did like five episodes on UPN. Oh before wow. UPN like canceled it or whatever. Okay. Um, so he did a bunch of uh, small. Also did a bunch of voiceover work during this time for other Comedy Central shows. He was on Aqua Teen Hunger Force. He was on Frisky Dingo, um, stuff like that. So uh, in 2006 is when Metalocalypse was born. Um, and a fun little anecdote: he was talking to I can't remember who he said he was talking to, 
but it was basically like so during all this tv stuff he still he still plays music obviously he's writing the music for the home movies he's going to all these metal shows and and you know let's still listening he's still into metal he's still into everything else um but one of his friends is like why have you not like tried to make a show based around music and like all these metals and mm-hmm. um it was funny because he told that guy he's like well now i'm pissed that you had to tell me and i didn't think of it <laughs> yeah. myself um so it was a little bit after that conversation uh metalocalypse was born he went into adult swim had this pitch um and they liked it um and and so in uh, in an interview i watched he said that his hope for the show was that he could write music well enough for the show that he would then be able to release albums oh, cool. and tour so like his hope for it was it, again since he was kind of like i don't want to be in a band right right i don't want to start a band but if i can release music under this moniker like that would yeah. be perfect so he had all these songs written before the show really so he went into this pitch he knew he had these songs he's like now how do i make this work as a show how do i make a story out of these songs yeah yeah and so that's why kind of like that first season is not it's not incoherent but there's not that uh like because in the later seasons it gets the crazy like overarching yeah super plot yeah whereas that first season especially the first few episodes are kind of just like oh these here's a funny joke here here's a funny joke here right like and then the music videos are like where a lot of the humor is um so Let's see. So he his obviously his wish came true, um, and fans found the songs by this fictional band genuinely good. It really wasn't just like good. oh that's a funny metal song. Yeah. It was like wow this is a metal song that's also funny. Yeah. Um. So in 2007 he released the Death album, um, with Gene Hoagland. I didn't know you said it Hoagland, but that's how they kept saying it over and over in interviews. Yeah. Um. With Gene Hoagland on drums and debuted a billboard top 200 at 21. Yeah, man, <laughs> which is the highest death metal album that has ever been at that time. Yeah. 21 top billboard top 200, not just billboard top 200 metal, right? Billboard the top 200. Thing. Yeah, um, and that's when billboard actually mattered. It was yeah. before streaming. <laughs> yeah, uh, so it, uh, in his second album, which came out l- later that year when Adult Swim sponsored. Uh, I'm sorry, his second wish came out later that year okay. about touring. So oh, he sure. got to release the album. So his second wish came true later that year when adult swim sponsored a 12 date tour. Um, and it was only on college campuses uh-huh. basically. Um, cause that was kind of adult swims target audience. Yeah. Um, small and Hoagland were joined by smalls, Berkeley acquaintance, Brian Beller, um, who covered bass on tour and Beller's other bandmate from Z, uh, which is Dweezil Zappa's band, Frank Zappa's kids Son, band. Yeah. Uh, Mike Keneally, who covered the other guitar. So these guys are both fascinating musicians. Beller would go on to record all the parts, all the bass parts on studio album for Death Metal 3 or Death Album 3. Okay. But um, so Berkeley and uh, Beller and Brendan Small met at Berkeley. Um, and he was like, Beller was watch or uh, playing for Dweezil's band. Uh-huh. And Brendan Small went to the show and was like fascinated by how good this dude was at bass. Um, Mike Keneally has played for Joe Satriani and this is all before. So like people have played for Joe Satriani. Joe Satriani has been on Metalocalypse. Yeah. Um, but um, Keneally, the, the other guitarist had played for Joe Satriani. He played, he played dates with Frank Zappa before Frank Zappa died. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. And then he played, he's, he's gone on to play with like Mastodon. He's played with all these, like people know this dude as like a studio guy. Well, if you're a guitar player, 
and Joe Satriani's like, hey, you want to play with me? That's fucking saying something. You're probably pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the, let's see here. The, the album's success, again, this is the, the first death album, um, was apparent even outside the music world. Uh, it was featured in Guitar Hero. Everybody knows Thunder Horse. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so even if you weren't a metalhead trying to get 100% on Thunder Horse, it was damn near impossible. Yeah. Um, and what's wild to me is that Hatred Copter was used in the European Saw 3 soundtrack release it was never in the movie right it was when yeah, they, yeah, yeah yeah you know those horror movies would release yeah soundtracks quote-unquote with just random that's a weird song to pick for that because it's a funny song, song. yeah a very funny song yeah it's about a helicopter <laughs> that kills people yeah <laughs> <laughs> not this which is not in saw anywhere right um in 2009 uh they released death album two so this was still brennan small doing and and gene hoagland doing everything mm-hmm. brian beller the touring bassist played one song, one bass song. Brendan Small did the rest of the bass on that on Death Album Two. This debuted at number fifteen on Billboard, so it smashed it's the old insane. record by yeah. six spots. Um, three years later, Death Album Three came out, and I don't know where it debuted, but it peaked at number ten Dude. on the <laughs> Billboard Top Two Hundred, which is a top ten Billboard Top Two Hundred for a fictional death metal, right. extreme death metal band. Yeah. Um, Death Clock uh, culminated in Doomstar Requiem, which is a rock opera, and the it had a full 50-piece orchestra yeah. for that album. Um, Metalocalypse was canceled after four seasons, but in May of this year, they announced that they're going to do a movie to kind of finish this story, uh, the story of Death Clock, um, and it's going to be released by HBO. So it'll Finally. be on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, it's very funny because, um, you know, Brennan Small has galacticon yeah his other project which uh, has a very high likelihood of being in season two of the onslaught oh yeah um where it's it's less metal and everything but he i don't know what i can i couldn't find what the actual reason that adult swim gay i mean obviously it's a ratings thing but i don't know why they uh canceled metalocalypse but he never got to tell the story he wanted he even like basically pitched them like if we just do this movie i can finish this story and yeah. they're like nah yeah because they're pieces of shit. Yeah. They, I mean, yeah, TV, the TV um, industry. And that, again, that's at the top of it. That's why it was weird to me that he was more into the television. And I assume it's because Berkeley has a lot, a lot of music people. So there are probably yeah. a lot of music people in his ear of like how bad the music industry yeah. is and stuff. Or like I said, up their own ass. Um, so he probably, and I guess he had already, he met successful people in the TV industry and they were like, you can be successful. Yeah. And he was obviously um a lot of people know him um so what's here's a funny little thing that that added stress to uh brennan small's career and i think probably played a hand in adult swim him not wanting to kind of work with them or, or them not wanting to work with him is uh the deal he had on seasons two and three if there was a snippet of a death clock song used in the show he had to have the song the full song ready to be like released. Oh, so if even uh-huh. if it was like a 30 second, like whatever, yeah, he had to make sure he had a full song. So uh, I watched a, a little document, like a mini documentary on the death album three. Uh-huh. Um, again, that's the first one where Brian Beller played full bass, but basically it would start out. The songs would start out. Brendan would have literally like half a song. He'd be like, this is, this is half the song. And it was only on guitar. Yeah. right so he would come in he would talk with gene hoagland 
and he'd be like, okay, I can figure out drums for that. And once they figured out that first half, they then made it a full song with themselves. And then Brian Beller would come in and be like, okay, I can play bass, bass with this. Bass over it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Brendan Small still had to record all the guitar parts <laughs> and vo- any vocals right. for it. So he's writing not only rhythm guitar, he's writing the lead guitar. Yeah. So he's playing th- basically three guitars because if you don't have double rhythm guitars, it sounds kind of flat. Yeah. So then he would have to play the lead over that and vocals for any time there was 30 seconds of music. That's what I was going to say. And on top of that, he had to do the show he had to do the show. <laughs> right. So I, I told I mentioned to Vargas one time. He, he kind of said like a shitty thing. He was uh, he agreed to play Comic-Con on a on a U.S. carrier ship. Yeah, an aircraft carrier aircraft carrier. And uh, it, I mean, it was super cool. He did the show and everything, but he bitches so hard in this documentary about how it's wa- a waste of his time. And he thinks it's so fuck he, quote unquote so fucking stupid. Yeah that he has to play this the show and everything. Um, and he said, he said, he basically said, everyone's going to have a good time there but me. Yeah. And I see both sides of it, right? He's super stressed with all this stuff going out because he kept mentioning in the thing, if he doesn't get stuff done, he gets sued right. by uh, Adult Swim or whoever, right. you know, because it's a breach of contract, basically. Right. And and that's the other thing about the Comic-Con show is it was in the middle of them trying to doing the album season, yeah. the, the album and season and three se- right. or whatever season four, whatever it was. And he had to basically take a week off from all that to rehearse for this for concert. A show. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I see where, you know, the stress adds up and everything, but it's still, and I, one thing I'll say, the last thing I'll say about this, if you do go to the Wikipedia page, just go look at all the voices and talent and guest stars that have been. I mean, Mark Hamill's been on there. Yeah. So not only it's not just metal people, because like Kirk Hammett's been on the show. James has been on the show. Like yeah. all these dudes have been on the show, even if it's just one line. And that's one thing he mentions in an interview is like he can now pay his the people he's idolized growing up to hang out with him for an hour. Right. To do the voices and stuff. Even Werner Herzog. Has yeah, been, yeah, has done a voice for Metalocalypse. So, so that's it. That's uh, that's the creation and journey of Metalocalypse and, and Deathlock. And hopefully, we get. Um, hopefully, that movie is under production or in production and not just sitting around for three years. Yeah, dude. Yeah, if if you've never checked out the show and you're listening to this show, you need to go watch all of Metalocalypse. They make more metal references than we do, for sure. They have the the Mr. Gojira driving instructor. They Dude, have the Dimmu Burger. Dimmu Burger, <laughs> the the supermarket fin trolls. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. You should definitely definitely check it out. I think it'd be on Hulu. Yeah, it's somewhere. Yeah, you can find it. You can find it. You Just can Google it. it. <laughs> oh boy, so that's it. So that's Death Clock versus Trivium. Same format. We just have two instead of two matchups. We have one matchup. So you'll be able to vote. We'll make the playlist. I think we're going to do three songs a piece for each band. Mm-hmm. So the it'll technically be a little bit shorter, but more of each band. Um, and yeah, still vote. We released the we released the the voting on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can email us um, if you don't have either of those. Um, you can email us at the onslaught podcast at gmail.com. Um, and then you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the onslaught pod. Um, and those the playlist should be up the day before this episode comes out, and then. You can vote from Wednesday to Sunday, I believe, on Twitter. Um, unfortunately, it's only 24 hours on Instagram. So listen to that playlist, get caught up, go vote. And I guess watch Metalocalypse. And watch Metalocalypse. <laughs> uh, I think that's it, right? Oh, yeah. Big time. All right. Well, your favorite band sucks. 